Hello, welcome back to Ask a Monk. This next question is uh, a, a pretty good example, I think, of how not to ask questions on this forum. Um, and that's because it specifically, um, well, it, it, it seems quite clearly to be a presentation of one's own philosophy in the form of a question, because here we have a premise and a question. I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. I want to ask about non-duality. When one doesn't distinguish the two realms of samsara and nirvana, then there is no goal. So my question is, is wanting to transcend rebirth selfish? But what you have here is a complete philosophy um, that exists in Buddhism. In Buddhism there are many philosophies and they're not all compatible. This one I happen to not agree with. Um, and uh, this is a complete presentation of, of this philosophy. And uh, it, it's clearly so because the premise and the conclusion uh, that is presented in, in the premise, which uh, the implicit conclusion being that uh, striving for the end of rebirth is selfish, it, it has nothing to do, they'd have nothing to do with each other unless, except in the, the greater um, framework of this philosophy, this specific philosophy. So uh, it seems clear that, that the, the, the purpose of, of this post is not to ask a question, it's to present a philosophy, which is not really appropriate. Now, I'm not sure this is the case. It may be that the person asking is really interested and really thinks that I believe that these two things are indistinguishable and somehow thinks that that um, affects, has some effect on the question as to whether transcending rebirth is selfish. I don't see it. Um, so, uh, briefly, I'll go over this, but this isn't the kind of question that I'm interested in asking. I, I would like to be uh, answer. I, I would like to be answering questions about uh, meditation and about uh, uh, you know th that that really help you understand the Buddha's teaching and and uh, uh, understand the meditation practice and improve your meditation practice and help you along the path. So, but anyway, let's the the premise. Why I disagree with with this philosophy. Um, the, the idea that samsara and nirvana are indistinguishable is just a sophism. It's it's uh, it's a theory. It's a view. It has nothing to do with reality. If you experience samsara, samsara is one thing. This is samsara: the seeing, the hearing, the smelling, the tasting, the feeling, and the thinking. It's the arising of suffering and and the um, pursuit of suffering. Nirvana is the opposite. It's the non-arising of suffering, the non-pursuit of suffering. Um, and the experience of it is is completely different. The, the reason why people are unable to distinguish it is because they haven't experienced it. They everything they've experienced is the same. They they practice meditation and their experiences come and go, and so they relate that back to samsara, and it also comes and goes, and everything comes and goes, and they say nothing is different. So they're unable to distinguish one from the other, which is correct, really, because everything is indistinguishable except nibbana. Nirvana, the, the, everything else arises and ceases. And this is why the Buddha said that nothing's worth clinging to, because it, uh, it all arises and ceases. So, uh, it, it's, it's basically equating two opposites, or confusing two opposites. It's, it's like um, saying that light and day, night and day are indistinguishable, light and darkness are indistinguishable. 
um, which, uh, you know, theoretically is, um, you, you can come up with a theory that says that is the case, but it doesn't affect the reality that light is quite different from darkness, um, and that's objectively so. And nirvana and samsara are objectively so as well, no matter what theory or philosophy you come up with, because you can come up with any philosophy you like. Yeah. And it, it doesn't affect, it doesn't have any effect on reality. Now, the, the, as to the question, uh, I'm assuming that the implication here is that somehow uh, that, the answer, that premise effect, um, implies that or, or leads to the conclusion, supports the conclusion that freedom from, or the desire, wanting to transcend rebirth is selfish. I'm assuming that's what's, what's implied here. Um, so I can talk about that. Uh, selfishness only really comes into play in Buddhism, as, as I understand it, uh, in, in terms of clinging. So if you cling to something and you don't want someone else to have it, if, if you ask me for something and I don't want to give it to you, it's only because I'm clinging to the object. There, there's no uh, true selfishness that arises. It's, it's a clinging. It's a, a function of the mind that wants an object. You don't think about the other person. What we call selfishness is this absorption in one's attachment. Um, and, and only by overcoming that can you possibly give up something that is a benefit to you. And we're able to do that as we grow up. It's not because we become, well, it could be because we become what we call more altruistic, but, um, but, but that, hasn't, that, that is not the way of the Buddha, that's not the, the answer, because this idea of altruism is, is just another theory, it's another mind game. And there are people who even refute this theory, that say, you know, how can you possibly work for the benefit of other people? Um, but the Buddha's teaching doesn't go either way. There, there, there's no idea that, that working for one's benefit, another person's benefit is better than working for one's own benefit. You act in such a way that brings harmony. You act in such a way that, that leads to the least conflict. You act in such a way that is going to um, be most appropriate at any given time. And it's not a intellectual exercise. You don't have to study the books and learn what is most appropriate, though that can help uh, for people who, who don't have the experience. You understand the nature of reality through your practice and therefore are able to clearly see what is of the greatest benefit, what is the most appropriate at any given time. And it might be acting for your own benefit, it might be acting for someone else's benefit, but that the point is not either or. The point is um, the, the, the appropriateness of the act. So um, if someone comes and asks you for something, many things might come into play. Uh, it, it depends on the situation. If you ask me for something, I might give it to you, uh, even though it might cause me suffering. There, there may be many reasons for that. It could be because you've helped me before. It could be because I am able to deal with suffering. And I know that you're not. If, if you know, I have practiced meditation and I am able to be patient or so on, and I can see that you're not, I can see that I'm giving to you will lead to less suffering overall because I can, for me it's only physical suffering, for you it's mental and so on. I might not give you any of it because I might see that you are not going to use it or I might see that if you're without it, you're going to learn something. You're going to learn patience and so on. Uh, you know, th there, there are many responses. Uh, th this is talking about an enlightened person. If a person is enlightened, 
they will act in this way. They will not. It will never rise to them. My benefit, your benefit, um, because there's no clinging, and that's the only time that selfishness arises. So, the idea that wanting to transcend rebirth is selfish really doesn't come. Doesn't um, you know the idea of selfishness doesn't come into play? It has nothing to do with anyone else. And the only way you could call it selfish is if you start playing these mind games and, and logic and, um, you know, it's an intellectual exercise where you say, well, if you did stay around, you could help so many people and therefore it is selfish to, you know, but, but it's just a theory, right? It has nothing to do with the state of mind. The person could be totally unselfish and if anyone asked them for something, they would help them. But they don't ever think, hmm, boy, I should stick around, otherwise it's going to be selfish because there's no clinging, there's no... Uh, attachment to uh, this state or that state, the person simply acts as is appropriate in that in in that instance. So, um, the the realization of freedom from rebirth or the attainment of freedom from rebirth is of the greatest benefit to a person. If a person wants to strive for that, then that's a good thing. It it creates benefit. If a person decides to uh, extend their their um, or, or not work for the, towards the freedom from rebirth and they want to be reborn again and again, then that's their prerogative. The Buddha never laid down any um, you know, laws of nature in this regard because there are none. There is simply the cause and effect. If, you, um, you know, if, if a person decides that they want to extend their, their existence and come back again and again and be reborn again and again thinking that they're going to help people, then that's fine. Or that's that's their choice, that's their path, there, there, there's no need for any sort of judgment at all. Uh, if a person decides that they want to um, become free from suffering in this life and not come back, be free from, from rebirth, then that's their path as well. There's only the cause and effect, so a person who is reborn again and again and again will have to come back again and again and suffer again and again. And, uh, you know, it's questionable as to how much help they can possibly be, given that they are not yet free from clinging, because a person who is free from clinging would not be reborn. And um, the, the, the person, actually the person who does become free from, from uh, rebirth, who does uh, transcend rebirth, so to speak, uh, is able to help people because their mind is free from clinging and therefore they are able to um, pr provide great support and help and great insight to people. The Buddha is a good example. Now, um, th there is the question of whether the Buddha and, and, and enlightened beings do come back and th because there are even philosophies that believe a person who is free from clinging still is reborn. But that's not really the question here. So or it's it's getting a little bit too much into uh, other people's philosophies and I don't want to create more confusion than is necessary. So the point here is that we work for benefit, we work for welfare, um, we, we do what's appropriate at, uh, or, or we try to, this is, this is our practice and an enlightened being um, is someone who is perfect at it, who, who doesn't have any thought of self or other and uh, is not subject to suffering. When they pass away from this life, they, they are free from all suffering and there's no more, uh, no more coming back 
no more rising. So, um, basically, I just wanted to say that um, you know, th this is not the sort of um, sort of question that I'm hoping to entertain, and and I, I think probably in the future I'm just going to skip over because I got a lot of questions, and I'm going to try to be selective. I've been quite random actually in choosing which questions to answer because it's difficult to um, to uh, to sort them. I've got a lot of them, and Google doesn't make it easy by any means. Um, so I'm going to try to skip and go directly to those ones that I think are going to be useful for people. Okay? So, uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Ask a Monk, and uh, wishing you all peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. <laughs>